Ah, man. I always wonder this... what Ranjit's reading. I mean, look, look how intense he looks. He's got to be intelligent. You're... He's always like... Dude, I'm fucking so smart, man. Anyways. Um... That's the joke <laughs> of the day. That has to be, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've been... like, Is not everybody an expert of... Punjab's gang violence now. Everybody, like, I, I learned so many gang names over the last few days. Really? I, I feel like know who these people were. I feel like it's always about the changes. Like when COVID hit, everyone became a vaccine expert. Uh, is it is it epidemiologist? Epidemiologist. Epidemiologist. I just know if you say it the wrong way, it comes out foot doctor, right? A pedia. Pedia. No, podiatrist. Is podiatrist. It's not even so, close. Okay. I don't know. I'm always like, I got, if I say this, and on another episode of Helping Shinda Speak English, episode yeah. three. Just talking. Well, what's the show about? It's about nothing. It's about nothing. I just want these guys to know you got another thing coming, bitch. I'm still around. So yeah, so epi- epidemiologist. Everyone was an ex- expert epidemiologist. I'm gonna keep saying it now. Epidemiologist or, or uh, pathologist or pathologist. Oh, that's a lot easier. Virologist. Yeah. Vi- virologist. I had Easy guys. I had guys saying I took a uh, virology course in uh, my undergrad. <laughs> I know more than this. And then I'm like, and then he's like, yeah. And then it came up. He's like, yeah. I'm also. I went to med school. I'm like, yeah, you're a doctor. He's like, nah, I didn't pass my boards. So I'm like, you're a shitty doctor. You're like, <laughs> like what the fuck? You? And he's like, you're nah, WebMD. You're WebMD. Yeah, you're WebMD at this point. But then he'd be like, nah, man, trust me. These doctors don't know shit. I'm like, you're telling me that doctors that graduated practice know less than you who didn't graduate can't practice. And he's sitting here arguing with me about this stuff. And they're like, yo, it's all the same information. I know my shit. I'm like, all right. Um, but yeah, we got he did his, They did the research. He's like, yo, I got journals and stuff. I'm like, I don't. He's sending them. I'm like, listen, son, I'm not a, I'm not a virologist. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not any of this shit. I tend to just sway to the, what the smart people say. And if more smart people agree on one thing, I'll take their side on that. Um, but yeah. So then, when uh, Ukraine happened, Ranjit all of a sudden became a military expert. Uh, I still listen to me <laughs> fucking Ukraine shit, man. It's crazy. Are you still reading that? You haven't moved on? I still watch GoPros from soldiers they're fighting, man. <laughs> so, yeah, it's weird. Like, And now, it's the way we learn stuff has changed so much. And the way we, like, uh, rep- reply to stuff. Like, yeah, I'm a, like, you're, everyone's just an expert on everything they just read. So, I think I it's know. the... Um... I think it's the ease of getting that knowledge on at the fingertips, right? But it's yeah. not really that knowledge you can read three lines, and it's yeah. exactly what most of these people did in university. Praise, mm-hmm. paraphrase a few things here and there, and now they're experts, right? So, so yeah. you Wikipedia your topic, then you look at its sources, That's and then it. you quote the you sources. follow those sources, and then you quote see where those sources got their information. There you go, you have a well-researched paper. There you go. Yeah, I remember there was something with like the Uruguay. Ranjit's Law School 101. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ranjit probably had to do the most essays. This guy did the the criminal yeah. and like the arts background. Like my shit was based, simple. It was like one plus one equals two. And you just had to make sure you memorized like all the different rules that went with that. And there was always like a factual answer. There wasn't. But uh, it's not opinionated. 
It's not really opinionated. It's like, make this work. Here's what it needs to do. It's like, okay. But, you had to learn about circuit boards and chemistry. Oh, that's fucking difficult. I mean, I was circuit supposed boards to... and chemistry. Yeah, I mean, you did have to do electronics and chemistry. I hated chemistry. Hmm. Yes, I failed chemistry I so know. many times. Yeah, I never studied a circuit board in chemistry. I'm just saying. Oh no, no. I mean, there were two separate courses. But... Separate courses, but like those oh. type of subjects. Yeah. Oh man, you guys are giving me PTSD thinking about school. Fuck this. Yeah, I was but like, you... fucking. You have to know about like ampage and capacitors and. <laughs> You're oh. just trying to. I love. I love oh. that stuff. Ohm's, yeah. See. Ohm's yeah. law resistance. Yes. I, was, yeah. I wasn't very good at it, but I liked it. I did like it. So. <laughs> I understood it enough to get by, but I didn't pursue. But yeah, no, back to the real topic. Yeah, everyone's an expert on everything these days, right? I mean, look, elections came around. We're friggin' political analysts. <laughs> yeah, we think yeah. we're experts. <laughs> you know what's fucked up, though? This thing crossed my mind today. So everyone's a professional. Like, there's legit professionals. There's doctors. There's thing. Uh, someone had this crazy rant all pissed off that Douglar won saying what's uh, 60% of you stayed at home. You apathetic apox assholes, whatever going on a whole rant. Like he was big mad and he's like a political analyst. And in his bio, he put uh political scientist and then it sounds cool. Political scientist. This guy knows his shit. And then I'm thinking like every fucking fuckboy lawyer did a political science undergrad. So every single one of them is technically in that position. I'm like, this is the least impressive like title you can give yourself a political scientist. Because that's the most overdone degree, like undergrad degree, if you don't know what, if you want to do something post-grad, right? Poli science, sociology, psychology, right? Yeah, I think psychology and then so, And social work, and social work. Yeah, but I was just so like... And then this guy brought me just threw all social, all, all arts degrees under the bus right there. Yo, man, this guy, he's allowed to, though. He's from that background. I did. That was my background. Dude, yeah. I minored in religion. I, can, I did it all. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my brother. I didn't know what my brother did. I'm like, bro, what did you graduate from? Because, and he's like, yeah, I did a minor in philosophy and something else. I'm like, what the fuck did you do a minor in philosophy for? philosophy that's fucking that that was hard philosophy is fucking hard i was like no what and then he went through the whole nietzsche and i'm like bro you're yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. blowing my mind that's sociology. but but yeah no so like i don't know this guy ended up blocking me because i tweeted a gif at him so i'm kind of still kind of like you're a freaking pigeon um <laughs> but yeah you no like everyone's names. just huh i, I can't even say names, yeah. like i don't know his name man he's not even worth mentioning i guess uh but yeah everyone's an expert on everything and I guess politics, is it easy to be an expert on politics? Uh, why not? I mean, everybody has a hot take that they, like, CBC and all these other reporters online, they just give hot takes anyways. It's not like there's an in-depth analysis, right? Mm -hmm. It's the same shit. They, they regurgitate what they see on Twitter themselves. Now, now, yeah, exactly what Robbie said. Information's available at your fingertips. Same thing with the experts. But I think yeah. there's so they're much. More, they're more. They're more relaying that same information. Yeah. I mean, I. I think. I mean, I think the term is political pundits or whatever they want to call them. Mm -hmm. Cells. But I, I do take like someone who's had an in in, in the past if they've been part of a, a party or been an MP or their perspective is always interesting because they've seen yes. the ins and the outs. But yeah, just your random, political reporter. You know, you know as much as everybody else, right? Yeah, you have maybe a little bit more connections and you can get a little bit more face-to-face -face information, but, you know, politics is popular vote. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the way I look at it, right? I mean, so. they're all going to say the same 
the first past the post, blah, blah, blah. It's bullshit. Voter turnout, poor theories on why that happened. What happens during recession, what, recessionary what you, period, people go towards conservatives, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's the same fucking analysis over and over again. Well, let's let's just be simple. Why do you guys think no one turned up? There's no reason to. I 100% look, I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> Why would you turn up to something if you don't care? If you're like, yo, the status quo is fine. Or you see the polls. If you see the PC party by up 40%, you're like, yo, that's my party. If that's your party, you're like, yeah, I don't need to vote. They're going to win by 40%. If they're not your party, you're like, well, my party's going to lose anyways. What's the point of me going? I feel like polls influence your energy to go. And then another part of it is like status quo. You're like, yeah, it's fine how it is. It's like, whatever. Um, I think that's for, another part of For me, it was like, let's say it's uh, the best NBA team playing in the finals, like Golden State or something like that. You got a team well, that you're just cutting out. Left you got cut out really bad. Yeah. So we're gonna start. We're gonna start a GoFundMe for Robbie. He spends all his money on uh, vacations and not enough on his. Oh, that's just disconnect and reconnect at this point, bro. (laughs) Tuning in. What? I swear to God, this is like bad auto tune at this point. This is so. Uh, I love this. And this guy's gonna get shut off. And his camera's gonna go off like two, three times in this episode. Well, his camera's already frozen. I almost feel like just kicking him at this. Can we please? Can we please have a screen grab of this? (laughs) This is his fixed voice. (laughs) There we go. Oh Oh, shit! Uh, good stuff. Yeah, great take, Robbie. I agree with everything you just said. Yes, you sound really (laughs) smart when you're not talking. I could hear you guys the whole time. I thought it was Randy's internet. No, man. Uh, go ahead. Go repeat whatever you were saying. I was just saying it's just like a, a great NBA team in the finals playing a mediocre team. You kind of assume that, uh, you know, the, the odds are in favor of obviously the better team. So you don't care to really watch because you have don't really have an interest in who's playing. And that's kind of the approach that most people took that they kind of knew Ford was going to win and they didn't really care. And a lot of people don't have that kind of personal righteous civic duty kind of oh it's your civic duty to go out and vote most people don't believe in that right that's just not the way it is they don't care they don't care and that's the reality right yeah um i don't know for me it's kind of like look when everyone's like yo only 30 40 so one of the big uh narratives right now is ford won by 40 percent with 40 percent of the with 40% of the voters turned out, so they're like 40% of 40%. And I'm like, why does everyone assume that if the other 60% came out and voted, that they would have all voted for like the progressive parties? It would have evenly split across and you get the same result almost down the middle, in my opinion. Uh, it's just weird because now what we what I saw that was really infuriating, not infuriating, but annoying, was people kind of like, oh my God, the world is coming to an end. I can't believe that we're going to get another four years of four. And I'm kind of thinking like, Honest to God, tell me what went wrong in the last four years that really like. Well, you know what? It's it was the very start of um, Ford's previous terms. He's he had some pretty divisive policies when it came to schools, and I think hospitals as well um, about cuts and shit like that. And I think that's what everybody kind of figured. Like now that COVID is done and he can go back to being what he wants to be, that he'll just go back to that type of governing. But I think I think he's found his mojo, man. Like 
Ward's he's a liberal. A, Can we be honest? He's a, Ward yeah, is a, he's a, he's a, he's a liberal. liberal. <laughs> like he's the centrist. He governs like a liberal. Yeah, he's one hundred percent. It's like that's I, the, I, that's I, the I would echo. Like there's there's no divisive like as far as I see this one thing I just don't agree with. It's like there hasn't been been a lot of community beef under this conservative government. There's no like racial lines drawn, right versus left like that. Like there has been in other places. This is not Trump. As much as like he was projected to be like a Trump, like he really isn't. He's just really fucking down he's the, the middle. He's down yeah, the middle, man. Right and you know what's great about Ford is he'll do something, and if all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, this sh- people don't like this," he'll quickly switch up. He has no problem switching up. He's learning right? on the job, man. He's just learning on the job. Look, man, aren't yeah. we all? <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah. I it's just the hot takes that I see about like I can't believe no, I, that we lost the war. I'm like, what war are you guys fighting that you think? We're in this world I that think, everyone's against I you. I think with um, Doug Ford in particular, we'll have to see which Doug Ford we actually end up with. And he's shown a, uh, a variety of characters and type of politician he might be. Now that he has full control, I, I think in the first, maybe by year two, you'll really get his policies and see where we're going. And if people want to complain, then go for it. Right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, The other we funny don't know one who- is, I, I was just thinking about, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but the other funny criticism is, is these green space fucking activists all of a sudden motherfuckers are fucking be littering all over the place but now they care about green spaces so you know what's i find i agree with you i do find it funny that downtown it's like the downtown ndp hardcore progressive bubble that's like he's taking away the green belt i'm like you motherfuckers are three hours away from this thing you and barely in, in come Toronto. out to yeah in yes. you, you barely come out to this place i'm like half of you couldn't even find it on a map the green belt is pretty friggin' wide. He's not taking away the green belt. He's not destroying the green belt. He's taking a tiny little sliver and saying, we're going to put a highway connecting this pocket of houses with this pocket of houses and letting them, you know, Look, talk this, to each other. All of Toronto was a green belt at one point. Yes. Yeah, what are we talking belt. about here? <laughs> like, <laughs> just because yeah. it got protected doesn't mean like it's special in any way. It's all nature. We're expanding you, too quickly. Can you imagine any of these people being against the 401 back in the 60s or 50s? They probably were, but they probably nah, were. Yeah, know. there's somebody, there's some dude on a farm. But imagine now, these like, so people be like, no, no, four one tachaida, four one I was driving on the four hundred, and there's uh, they have the same signs of the future site of the four hundred. I love that. And someone's <laughs> taken red spray paint and just painted it out. I'm like, really? Like that's that's how far this is getting. Like, <laughs> look, man. If people are like, well, it's not going to do anything. I'm like, trust me, man. When we this, uh, it's not going to do anything. It's going to ease up some crocs. It's going to make their life easier. It's going to make a lot of people who have no, to No, it's going to expand the community. More yeah, communities that, will move out. More highways, man. I'm down it, for it. I don't know. I remember after our last conversation about this last week, I was just kind of thinking, I'm like, it literally isn't touching the good parts of the Greenbelt. Like, it's not even near the Forks. It's not even near Mono. What is, no. like... What it's are the people... people that live there. It's the people that live there. They're, the, they're, they're going to be, obviously, the staunchest opponents of this uh, kind of buildup and oh, remember it is going to change their, it's going to change their communities as well Maybe. change yeah. you know when they go oh it's changed i'm just thinking you know the downtown people aren't going to notice it they're not seeing it that's why they're pissed like give us a better subway i'm like bro you guys brownies are coming subways. the brownies are coming yeah i don't know man the 413 seems like when they mean pollution way. they're talking about us right yeah <laughs> You know what? Because they know the truckers are going to move out there. They don't need to be. That's what that's what they did with the Cambridge, Woodstock, yeah, Paris, yeah. Ontario, right? Brantford. The dishes are out there. 
Now we have a it's, Huawei 413. I, I, They're going to move it, out there too. I found it funny that all of Brampton voted for essentially the 413. That was a big point. Yeah. Yeah. To eventually all move out of Brampton to move to a new community on the 413. But he, <laughs> so all these Br- Bramptonians are like, yeah, we need a new place to live. We need new houses. But right? that's what they want. We need more houses so that other people can come and afford these houses. I think it's a win-win for Oh, everyone. no, it's not for other people. Shouldn't no, 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 it's for us. No. I can buy my second house, bro. <laughs> so like I'm keeping this house. I ain't selling. Um, you know another weird take on conservatism in general is when brown people support conservatives or like any minority uh, group supports a conservative. Like you guys are supporting the racist party that doesn't like you. And I'm thinking like the NDP is kind of racist and they probably don't like y'all. The liberals were racist for the longest time. Well, it took them a while before they were like oh, bro, we got Democrats are the were the most racist party around, right? So, and now they're um, the you know so people oh, love these. That's... Make Nothing too personal, yeah. but uh, I uh, I spent dinner with my wife tonight. We saw signs coming down for uh, the Candenaria Brummeet Cigaria, uh, who won. Congratulations! Congrats to yeah. him. Yeah, honestly, uh, and I want to give a shout out while we're talking about him to his team. Um, I honestly think he he drove the vote for the entire PC, uh, all the PC candidates in Brampton, right? So uh, good for him. But yeah, so we saw we saw some friends taking down. Bromitsukaria signs. I had a chat with him on the way to dinner. And uh, my wife's a nurse, for those who don't know. So we had that conversation about why cops deserve a raise and she doesn't. I mean, I feel like nurses, but. It was a a tough, tough conversation. (laughs) What do they do that we don't? Does anyone deserve a raise right now? I don't think anyone deserves. I think everyone needs a pay freeze across the. Exactly. We, we don't got no money. <laughs> it's like, we got no money. Hey, man. Uh, optometrists waited since 1989 to get any kind of raise. Everybody needs to stop complaining. <laughs> Dumbasses. You're being paid so much better <laughs> hey, than anybody hey, else. Hey, yeah. hey, hey, hey. So yeah. are you. In 1989, you're getting... So are, so, so, you're getting so are 2017 rates, okay? So are all the politicians. <laughs> yeah. The politicians keep giving themselves raises. It just, it just caught up. It just caught up. Okay, yeah. you know? <laughs> leveled out. But yeah, no... The, the hate for like people get so stuck in their ideology sometimes it's weird and that's another just weird take like everyone gets and i know everyone was kind of like well ford didn't even release a policy i'm like you dumbasses he released a budget literally a month before that hasn't really gone into effect i'm pretty sure his policies with the budget he just presented yeah someone's so, like i i mean i we all posted i actually i don't know if robbie did Hmm. Anyways, the same, you know, vote, vote PC, you know, the day, uh, day of election. I actually, for the first time, I, I'll disclose my vote. I have no issues. Yeah. Walked over to the local church where the, uh, the uh, they were taking our, our, our ballots. And I voted PC for the first time in my life. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, probably obviously I was a lot to do with that, but not, he's not in my writing. Voted for yeah. my guy, McGregor. Yeah. Uh, Hold on, you're McGregor too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, uh, that was it. I'm like, yo, this guy got me. Yeah, uh, got he me, had man. me a uh, but the uh, no, it's funny, man. Let That's me tell I, you a funny yeah. story about Greg McGregor and how his Punjabi got so good. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat story. Um, no, so whatever. I, I placed, I, I, you know, I got my ballot and they told me to go over that little, little box to fill it out and went to the third guy to give it. And he's like, no, there's an error. I was like, man, I'm in a church as a sign from God. I voted for conservative for the first time in my life. I looked around, what's going on? Like, you got to go back and you got to get the sign. And I looked at my wife. She just started laughing at me. Hold on. Um, so I got a sign and I, and I, and I put it through. Hold I on. Like, man, that's it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 
for those who don't know the process of voting here they give you a big piece of paper like it's an eight and a half by 11 and you just yep. literally have to take a black marker oh no sharpie it wasn't it wasn't me it wasn't me it was the uh, initial i guess the intake individual who, who verifies your id did oh. not initial the top of the form oh i gotcha uh, so i had to repeat the whole process but it was it's fine <laughs> oh, man, no big deal but it was like i, I really thought you just messed up on the oh, yo, that's a sign <laughs> i was like yo, that's a sign man change your vote but then i looked at the candidate the other candidates i was like no nah, man i can't or rather just walk out <laughs> i literally thought that you like did something with the wrong X or something. You messed up on how to mark a ballot. Yeah, what was weird is the guy telling me to go uh, which direction in the church would not speak to me in English. He kept talking to me in Punjabi. I'm like, hey, how are you? <laughs> to see a Tejoji. I was like, looked at him. I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> I didn't even correct him. I'm like, cool. I, 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 it's kind of weird that you wanted to correct him, man. I would have just stayed Punjabi with him at that point. No, it's, it, I take both sides. I think it's cool, but at the same time, I'm like, look at this guy. You know, He's like, hey, speak I speak English. <laughs> what a really? Yeah. Man, second someone puts Punjabi on, I have to like go Punjabi with them. Like, I can hold this down. I know how to conversate. I'm not going to let you think I'm a friggin' whitewashed. I mean, if you walked into a government building and the person spoke perfect English and then just started talking to Punjabi as if you didn't understand English, you wouldn't be offended at all? Nope. I feel, I'm like, yo, this guy thinks my Punjabi is that good. Let's do this. What if it's broken Punjabi? If there's. Oh, no, there's this broken Punjabi. They're talking to you like you don't understand. I'm like, man, I'd be like, I, uh, yeah. Nah, man. Yeah, then, then maybe I get a little offended. If, Come if, on, if, you'd be, I'd be offended. I'm like, I can speak English. Go or, I'd be, I, or it'd be a compliment that they think I'm so desi and my Punjabi so tate. That's where that, I'm at. See, yeah. That's where my, my head would be. That I, they I had think to that's you had, yeah. No, but you haven't spoken a word yet. Remember, I didn't speak. I, didn't, I hadn't said anything. But the, you look it. And having that look, it means something. It's like, yes, I have the essence. I have the essence and you don't. The aura? I have the, yeah, aura. the aura. I also don't wear uh, deodorant. <laughs> what do you say? He's like, I also don't wear deodorant, so I'm giving off a, a few telltales. The musk. The musk. 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 <laughs> Yo. Oda student. Oda student. Wait, Yo, but since we're going, I, I just wanted to ask you, is what's the biggest story out of Brampton then, election-wise? Uh, is it the sweep, the sweep or is it Brampton East? Uh, um, Robbie, Brampton East is huge, I, I think. But uh, what was the other? Sarah Singh? She got defeated as well, right? That one wasn't too surprising. Brampton yeah, was she won by that. a few hundred. Barely won last time, yeah. And she was going against like a dud, a pylon last time. So I mean, who were the liberal candidates anyways? We already made fun of the other one the other week who couldn't get her story straight about the 413. Jonathan Garrywell? Uh, liberal yeah and then there was in our in our in my area was Mali, so you already knew yeah um that's already yo, gone. i actually i thought she would actually win to be honest i thought she i thought based on what name based on like history of that writing name and her father's ability to pull votes yeah possibly I mean, yeah that's but, totally legit she's totally legit but she's been here and she didn't do much so i think people remember that right she so doesn't have to. i think there's yeah. two things that i can speak on one <laughs> uh, from like our with Brampton East, uh, the other parties didn't have anyone go to the polls to like uh, scrutineer votes, and scrutineering the provincial one is so That's easy. Fine. All you have to go is literally they print it out, give you a tally, and you just write down the tally number, and you're done, right? Um, if it's really close, you can ask them to like really break down the votes and reshow you like each page and count it manually. Uh, but a lot of these liberal campaigns didn't have that volunteer poll to afford scrutineers at every poll. Uh, and I don't know if every conservative thing outside did that too, 
or actually did. I know with Broadmeats, they had what, 40 pulls, 32 pulls or something. They had a scrutineer at every single one of them. So 30 I mean, that's people, just, that's, right? That just shows you the volunteer strength, right? I mean, that's yeah. the way it looks at it. But, you know, so it doesn't, pull, I mean, if you're going to win, what's the point of scrutinizing? Too, right? The polls have yeah. one party winning, you're going to have more volunteers. That's Everybody it. knows where your party is on election night. And like, I know how to leave better well in Brampton East. He had another, he was pretty active volunteer-wise. Um, and Gurutin in the past has always been, you know, we have so many kids, we don't know what to do with them. We're going to put them on a quarter, uh, you know, shaking signs and stuff. They didn't have that this year. You know what I mean? Like that aura of youth and deep penis, it's kind of gone. Like a lot of the kids on at Hardeep's thing and at Brahmin's thing, high school kids, right? Um, so I think it's a shift in times like that. It's cool to be NDP rebellion activist thing it's gone now it's kind of like yo fuck you pay me we want to get on the money party train um yeah like i think there's a youth conservative movement that people are kind of dismissing uh and i think it comes and goes I mean, in waves but... I, I to to your point earlier though I, I i don't understand that notion i get why they think conservative means racist and and that label's thrown out there but isn't the only way to change that narrative to be part of the process to change it, you know, 100%. to be part of the party and, and uh, bring a new narrative. I mean, that's the that, look in certain areas of the country. It doesn't matter what political uh, label you want to call yourself. They're all going to be cut from the same cloth, right? Mm -hmm. They could be liberal and still be racist. They could be conservative and be racist. That doesn't really matter. But, you know, I, I think the like NDP and Brampton in particular with these kids, I think they did have an opportunity, but people grew up. The NDP doesn't have a platform, man. Like, what? Are, where are they? you know they are you know what what do you need fine done anything <laughs> for an election it's the desperation alone but that's is enough are it, it is so counterintuitive that alone will i think turn off voters if you're going to promise me the moon and more <laughs> i'm not going to take you seriously yeah but really what i'm curious about now like as soon as one election's over i'm like okay who lost Okay, so this person, what what's their backup? Okay, I don't think they're gonna go back into private practice or private the private sector anytime soon. Are they looking for municipal runs? And then I'm like, well, the municipal election is only a few months away. It's this fall. Uh, let's see who makes the switch over to that. Mm. Uh, and then I, don't I, know, I feel like there's always opportunities there. Like you, you think? You I mean, think, who's gonna run for leader? Even the other opposite spectrum, who's gonna oh, run for leader? That's another big story, right? Ford won so decisively that both leaders are like, fuck this, we're done. Oh, forget no one it. said the in my group, one of my didn't groups, even win like, his uh, seat. Thanos, Thanos. He took Thanos. out two leaders. Yeah, yeah two leaders, one snap. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I'm really okay, impressed okay, with no. Douglas, but, Forget but, everything else. It's so bad the liberal leader didn't even win his seat. Forget <laughs> everything else. He is the bonded of the week, if we can call it earlier. Come on. The that's... broke man's Lex Luthor. Someone had the greatest <laughs> description of uh, Del Duca. They're like, Del Duca's the beige crayon. The one you never even pick up. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> They're uninspiring, man. They're uninspiring. I feel like with politicians generally, a good politician, you're either going to hate them or love them. They got to be a little bit polarizing in terms of uh, their... I mean, the, the problem with the Liberal Party, they should have blown it all up after the last election. There should have been none of the old guard... We're under the uh, Dalton McGinty, Kathleen Wynn legacy, uh, running for that the leadership of the party. If they had blown it up, brought in someone who was exciting, doesn't mean they were going to win. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. 
but surely they maybe would have got official party status again. I mean, yeah, you know, like let's look at it from that perspective, right? I they're mean, not they're not looking for a win; they're just looking for some seats. So I hundred percent didn't see them losing as bad as they did. I generally thought the Liberals would do better than what they did. I thought they would steal more NDP seats back. Um, not after not even 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 three weeks ago, you felt like they had a chance. I thought I, they'd do a little bit better than this. I didn't think they'd do a complete repeat. They really didn't. I mean, they did bad. I know. Wait, conservatives just did really well. I mean, they were second in all their polls, pretty much. They did, yeah. They were second. Right. In most of so, them. so they didn't really. They're still the second party of choice for Ontario. Um, they just one two one two exactly. It's just the conservatives. I mean, it's I, the way this writing and stuff all break down. Yeah, the past, you know, all that stuff that Reggie wanted to say as an analyst. Um, but... Pundit. <laughs> pundit. <laughs> That's the pundit. pundit. Yeah. But yeah, keep going. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think they did horribly, but uh, yeah, Del Duca is not it. And yeah, to your point, Robbie. I mean, if we've seen a trend in the last what seventy years. Who is more captivating now? It's people want something fresh and fresh means. Mm-hmm. Not your atypical politician, someone from private, uh, the private sphere or someone who's outspoken in the media, uh, someone who can captivate people. Now it's more about personality, right? Um, yeah. So pedigree doesn't really matter that much. Um, I, I think I think that's what's going to captivate when voters. I mean, it translates to what's going on in the conservative race right now too, right? It's the most captivating conservative race federally is the most captivating guy. Which um, is Pierre by far. He's yeah. The most captivating. But PP. PP wins. I can't I have a hard time voting conservative if PP I'm wins. I'm not voting as conservative if he wins. That's yeah. a one eighty, brother. No, I you mean PP. I was and then he kept saying dumber and dumber things and then I'm like ah, at this point I cannot as much as I wanted a fresh uh, charisma. He has some charisma to him, even if it's a punchable face charisma. Um, he's just has so much stupidity. He's stupid, <laughs> right? It's just like I cannot openly. He's a pee pee. Agree with yeah. He's just like brown piss. At some point, you just realize you're not drinking enough water. Uh, Yellow. Okay. Okay. What brown? <laughs> you need to go to the doctor. I'm just letting what? you know if it's brown. <laughs> <laughs> Look, brown piss is the piss that no one wants. That's the piss that you have to go see. Like, a are you talking for, about right? runs? Are you getting the runs? Like, no, but look, all I'm saying, piss. he's not the good piss. He's not the type of piss that's nice and clear, and you're like, yeah, he's healthy. He's that you're like not the one that R. Kelly wants to drink. Yeah, you're talking so, about like the dirty oh, one. Yeah, right. so, so like Pierre's just gone, and the liberals with their gun uh, thing was a very good political move, in my opinion, because as soon as they brought mm. that up, they made every uh, CPC candidate kind of. Make, get their position down on where they they're gonna land on guns, right? And then every there's not gonna be a right position on it that is gonna appease liberal voters. Any position they come out with, the liberals are gonna be like, "Look, scary conservative likes his guns. He wants mass shootings here in Canada." It's a brilliant move by the liberals to force their hand to comment on something that most people wouldn't want to comment on. Uh, but yeah, PP man, fuck him. I just I'm so like. Every, he needs to do what the Douglas did and just Douglas had one message Mute. get her done get her done I don't know if he said anything else throughout the campaign except we're gonna get her done 413 he you know he we're gonna get the 413 done he stayed on script made sure all his MPs uh, MPPs weren't allowed to say anything else 
PP needs to talk to the media. That, that's the best part. PP, honest to God, all PP has to do, even during this leadership run, is fuck inflation. We're gonna, we're gonna take care of it. Just be quiet. Yeah. Just, I'm gonna work for you. I'm yeah. gonna work for you. I'm gonna make it better for the every Canadian out there. The hard work. That's all he has to say. When he starts talking about technical stuff, like man, <laughs> we're not that stupid. You know what it is? That's my problem. He assumes every Canadian's stupid enough to believe his bullshit. Hmm. Right? We know he's a politician. We know he's already going to do that. But like to blatantly come out and say, or act like he's smarter than people, come on, man. That's, <laughs> that's like, my gonna, issue with him. I think I started to go off the PP train when he's like, I'm going to ban every politician from attending the World Economic Forum. And I'm like, oh, fuck. He's going to really yeah, go down. <laughs> he's so dumb. That's when I was like, holy smokes. We got a complete, we got a genius here, boys. Uh, I don't know. I don't even want to give PP any more airtime. We've talked to him way too much about him. Yeah, um, and, and I think like the Ontario election was pretty interesting, to be honest. It was cool to see the Brampton sweep. Okay, so thoughts on Gerutten losing 10 years, that legacy done. Are they going to ever get it back? Huge, huge blow. And I think that party, I'll be honest, man, I think it was Black Liberal next election. Provincially federally, federally and provincially. I well, think federally, it's already liberal. It, oh. Okay. Hey, this should be a drinking <laughs> game. How is this not a drinking game already? Well, I don't drink. <laughs> shot. We had a shot. <laughs> Here we go. Already. Thunder my um, desk. And I was gonna say, I don't. Uh, I, I think it's like, you know, like you guys said, it. It is kind of dependent, man. They're gonna have to put up someone who is charismatic, that people do want to vote for. You just, I don't know. I don't know if anyone's voting like that anymore. You know, I I think I think that um, or some guy who has a huge know, family. It's, it's his brother. Life. It's his brother. Uh, to me, I mean, it's, I I think it all rests on Jigmeet. It's not even Gratton's fault, to be honest. Why? Um, it was. It's still seen as Jigmeet's writing. I would call it? me crazy. I th- I think so, man. Is Jigmeet's writing? Is his place? He's the one who won it. He's the one who got that first foothold there. Mm. Um. So yeah. So when. When Garutin lost it, I mean, I saw it as a reflection on Jigmeet's popularity, where things stand with him. I even saw in the media, somebody said, maybe one of you guys retweeted it. It was on my feed. Uh, Somebody interviewed 11 people in Brampton East who said they voted NDP in the last election and they didn't this time around. And when they were asked why, 10 of those 11 said because... Jagmeet did some shady shit that they used to see in India with the liberal, uh, you know, um, alliance. alliance. And I was like, why the fuck are people? I I, I was thinking here, like, this is a reflection of Jagmeet, but I guess, like, it's it's out there. Um, people still consider this party, you know, or sorry, this this riding Jagmeet's and not voting for Agrothan was like a reflection on what people's attitudes are on him. Isn't that really stupid, though? Like oh, hundred percent stupid. One hundred. You're, you're you're taking your federal frustrations out in a provincial election. Hundred percent. But like people, people go to a councilor, city councilors, and complain about immigration. It's like they have a sense of what branch of yeah, government. But that's, but that's does you know whose problem that is. That is the stupid councilor saying, "Handi kardunye." We'll do it. No problem. See, I'm gonna look into that for you. Don't worry. I'll do. I'll do it for you. I told you about this. Like over promising. I mean, you can go to any one of. You can go to any MPP's office today. And somebody will ask them an immigration question or immigration help, and they'll say yes, yes, yes. They can't do shit. It's a federal mandate. But yeah. they'll still do it. <laughs> they'll still write the letter too. 
right? So, so it's. But isn't that a weakness in our community that maybe we just don't understand our own politics and our own political system? People didn't have to take civics. So mm. one thing I think I disagree with it here is I don't think it's a lack of understanding. But say someone donated to a provincial candidate, right? They're gonna be like, "Look, man, I voted for you. I paid. I donated to you. Tu kam krahona." I don't, you can't, don't pass the bucket and tell me I got to go to the federal guy who I have no relationship with. You do that so you, for me. That's so your you job. paid for play, pay for play or whatever it is. Look, this is pay for play all the time. That's just like, you can, you can pretend like that doesn't exist. That's no, no, I know it right? exists. I'm just, I'm just saying, but then that's what it comes down to, right? You're not really like, look, if you go to a provincial, uh, count, if you go to a provincial, uh, MPP and you say, you ask them for a favor, even if that favors them having to talk to a different branch of government. If they don't have a relationship with you, it doesn't matter if you donate to them or not. If you don't have a relationship with that person that's coming to you and they're just gonna be like, listen, this is who you need to really talk to. 311, call this person, talk to your counselor. He's your counselor. They have a list of all city, all provincial MPPs sitting. They have a list of all like their counterparts in various branches of the government with their phone numbers. Hey, here's the number you should be calling. If you have any problems, come back to me. We'll talk. Uh, if they have a relationship with you, they know that, hey, this guy came out and he volunteered for me, or hey, this guy's family pulled out these many votes, etc. They're going to make the call for you to that department. You know what I mean? That's just Scratch like, your back. It's, Scratch, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's scratching your back. It's just general good business. It's like, we'll make the That's call a, for you yeah, instead of referring. No, it's favoritism down, right? in a, in a, in a, as a paid public employee. That is scratching your back. I mean, it's that, that's, all you're not supposed it's to do prank, that. What are you talking it's about? Pragmatism, man. Get out of here. It's just it's not, networking. It's not favoritism that you treat someone who walks in the door differently than any other one of your constituents? If you yeah. can tell who they it's are. Not favoritism. It is favoritism. It's not favoritism. That is it's not because you like them more. It's not because you like them more. It's just it's, more practical. It makes sense. This relationship matters more to me than the other relationship. <laughs> like everyone judges relationships like that, right? I mean, it's not something provincial politicians or federal politicians want to do for people. You they want to do just PC minimum. guys. I can see it. I mean, I the liberals were doing this too. NDP guys. I know. I know. I'm just. It, right? I'm just talking shit. I'm um, just talking shit. Everyone does it. Robbie but, hit a new tax bracket. That's why he hit. Uh, he uh, voted PC. <laughs> <laughs> you needed that kickback. No. What I'm really a, curious, though. That's a federal uh, thing, though, my friend. <laughs> yeah. well, a you don't know civics either. <laughs> a little bit of provincial, but. <laughs> Yo, look, what I'm curious about, though, is what happens now? Like, Brampton East, I don't see any other candidates that they can pull up that are going to want us to go back to that riding. Uh, I honestly think Gretchen goes city. I feel like that's the play for him. Or he yeah. takes the pay and becomes some kind of consultant. I think uh, he goes for leadership, leadership because it's a better story on the internet. But here's my thing with that is leadership. Oh, so it is. It'll be like, oh, it brothers. Is. They're both no, brothers. No. Or, they're both leading. But oh. to get for the leadership, <laughs> he doesn't have his own seat, right? So he needs to. They go to the Pangaragaya in Manitoba. Yeah, like he doesn't Sorry. have a seat. So how do you get. That's my biggest knock on his leadership ambitions is how do you want Brampton East? Then I could see him going for the leadership. But he doesn't have Grand East. Mm. His brother did it. Yeah, but yeah, that was interesting too. I didn't really think that yeah. was going to come to play. But does yeah, Jigmeet step down? It. That was another uh, rumor. Jigmeet leave federal and come back to provincial leadership. And save the party? Mean, and save the party, kind of. I think the party really needs to see who they want to be, right? I mean, once they they kind of figure that out. Because like, these guys are not NDP guys, both the brothers. They don't come from that world. They don't come from union workers. So 
If the NDP stays true to their colors and becomes who they are, they might find somebody. Right. I'm going to correct you right there. What? Grutten is a hardcore NDP guy since I've known him. Man, you can't grow up rich, be rich and be lawyers and, and think you're an NDP person. Right, you're not gonna get the plate of a poor man. That's what the NDP is all about, about Hold the general on. worker. You There's can't so come, many lawyers for NDP. It's, it's, it's the biggest criticism oh, of Jimmy. He used Labor? to show up to meetings. He used to show up to meetings wearing a Rolex or a nice Tom Ford suit. How can you understand the plate of anyone else? Right? You could to a degree, but you can't say you come from that world. All I'm saying is maybe they find out who they are. Maybe there is some union worker or some union leader that people gravitate towards and fits more in with their uh, their goals. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they can't run in politics. It's just they seemed completely opposite of what the NDP were. That's my my view of it. You know, I get when a unionized nurse might want to run for the NDP. I get that. That makes sense. I understand it. But private industry guys running for the NDP, really? Or like labor activists or hard, hardcore grassroots? Are they? Activists? Were, were, they used oh, to no, be. Are, were they? 100%. Were they labor lawyers? Were they yeah, labor lawyers? He, he was a civil I thought they were criminal, criminal lawyer. They're criminal, criminal lawyers, aren't they? Criminal. Yeah, that doesn't count. And then before that, they were hardcore activists who used to raid and like show up places and scream profanities at other politicians, which kind of came around. But what does this year. have to do with the NDP? That's not the NDP's model all the time. NDP has always yeah. been about grassroots activism. Boys, boys, yeah. boys. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> gotta, I gotta say, Robbie Shinda's right. A lot of a lot of these NDP politicians are. Um, well, I think a bunch of them are lawyers, to be honest. I, I don't, but. No, I agree. Uh, I'm. Not, I'm not. Look, I'm not saying you guys are life, wrong in that. You can say their lifestyle doesn't really fit the NDP. You know, cookie cutter the shape. Motto, I agree. Motto, whatever. Yeah, I agree that's all The champagne socialist is a valid. Uh, but that's yeah. That's exactly it. All I'm saying is, is if the Liberal Party had let Jagmeet in, would he be an NDPer? That's my. Yeah. No. That's my no, question to you. He would have been. NDP he, from if he had on. a choice, if he had a choice. But between the NDP or the Liberal Party, who is he, who is he going to? NDP, Liberal Party, NDP, Liberal Party, Party. buddy. This guy friggin' Party. Hold on, when he came in into politics, he had he could have gone to the Liberal Party. He opted for the NDP, and everyone said, "Yo, you're an idiot for going to the NDP. Go and Liberals." The, I don't think they let him in. Okay, oh, you've oh, lost man. all. You've lost it. You've lost it. You've lost the plot, my friend. I don't Bobby's know why right. you guys think these guys are liberal at heart. They were always as I'm. I, I never said these guys. I didn't. Say no, no, these guys. I'm not saying. I'm just I, saying. I said, I, you said an Jigmeet. opportunity. Per, no, no. Opportunity presents itself. They took it. Like you no, can't no. hate on what they did. Look what they what they accomplished. I'm not talking about that. Kudos to them. I'm just saying, as the party going forward, the NDP is really going to have to do some kind of self reflection on who they really are, and the person who's going to come to the forefront is going to speak to that conversation. If they say, "Well, we're trying to be the new liberals." And we are not this hardcore union, you know, party. Then anyone can come in. Granted, but he can go for leadership. But if the narrative is that it has to be someone from the world, then you know that's what I think. I don't look, know. All I know is from high school. A senti on this, eh? No, no. I'm, I just want to make sure that we're we're uh, we're not. This is the last podcast. This is the I love talking shit. Yeah. No, no. All I'm gonna say is, as far as I've known his team, these guys were volunteering for NDP before volunteering for NDP was a thing. Would they, would they, I'm just asking you, do know. you generally think if the Liberal Party gave him an invitation to run when the Liberals were in power, they okay, would've... when the Liberals were actually power, say, hey, man, we need another guy. You're in the community. People respect you. Come on through. You're going to be our candidate. You think he would turn it down? Yes. No. I know. Like, they were yeah. hard. 
how do you get someone who was volunteering for the NDP when the NDP was lame as fuck? Volunteering and helping like local they... riding candidates. Oh, so they're not lame now. No, I mean, whatever. I'm just saying <laughs> that from the beginning of time, these guys were the only guys to, uh, advocating for like fringe NDP candidates. From that, yeah, possibly. I, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. So, I'm how not can you say that? that? I'm just saying their storyline generally, what people who are don't know them just doesn't jive with what you typically would think NDPers are. That's all I'm saying, right? I they mean, don't fit that persona. Aside from the activism, that's great. But I mean, that's the biggest part of NDP's. Uh, NDP is a union party, man. It's it's fights for unions, you know. And they lost they lost the construction. The unions were standing behind Doug Ford. Yeah. They need to reevaluate who they are. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that these guys aren't good politicians. They were great, man. You got to hand you got to you got to give them their flowers, as you would say, right? But I'm just yeah. saying, in the future, you're talking about leadership of the NDP, man. That's that's quite the uh the step from losing in brampton east that's all i'm saying oh you, know? you guys think uh, any numeric candidates are gonna just jump in no i was kind of thinking nothing for mayor would be an interesting uh side i honestly i wouldn't be surprised if he just takes a, a nice cushy consultant job but, get paid for a little while so what or help out his brother uh, on his yeah, federal yeah. team yeah maybe he runs for mp next to like, well you know, who knows? me i mean to be honest uh, I think he needs, he's in a little bit of trouble now, especially with their own community. These videos of these, yeah, like, what is this about? These lunatics. Him, uh, I honestly, I, 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 can't, I, 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 I don't know who these guys are. They're like really oh, fringe. Oh, does the, uh, the defender place. right now. Let's let him explain what's going, right. what's you think going on. What's going on? You think this is having an impact? Uh, I think on the coolness factor, yeah. I think it's showing that sentiment is changing. You go to Bramley Road. Bramley Road's a great sentiment indicator of our community, of where people's heads are with who's funny, who's not, who's in, who's not, music-wise, culture-wise, all that stuff. Uh, four years ago, you could scroll down, find NDP posts on Bramley Road. The comments were all generally positive. They were able to capture people, like people were on their side. And now everything they post is a meme to hell on that post. So is the community turning on them? Yes, hundred percent. I think. No but what's it? What's it? What's it based on? I'm just that, that whole sellout thing. What is it? Is this just his allegiance with Trudeau? Is that the kind so, of? So the sellout thing is a little separate. That's not. That's separate to the sentiment. The sentiment is generally, uh, Jigmeet's been hardcore TikTok. He's old as fuck. It's like a boomer kind of stay cool, right? That's where like the sentiment shift has kind of been is like, yo, man, grow up, start doing policy work, stop making TikToks. Uh, and I think just generally people are kind of over the whole, you guys are content creators or their t brand of content, I guess. The sellout sing part came from, there's a group, uh, Sovereign Seva, who they were the guys at in Ottawa that Ranjit hated that were, uh, protesting oh, the, the truckers, the truckers, oh, fucking, right? don't even fucking, they're so, ophthalmologists. Yeah. yeah, so uh, it's that group that they were in Ottawa protest. The guys with the fuck you meet sign. Uh. Uh, same group has been kind of like ragging him here now during any of his uh, public appearances. Oh, what is this still on this vaccine? They're still on that. Yeah. So what they're saying is, uh, like the NDP platform, like. Andrea Horbath and uh, I think Del Duca 
when Delduca said that he wants to vaccinate kids, that's what turned a lot of these guys like there. And then Jigmeet was like, no, we need to vaccinate everyone. He's pro-vaccination. And then him siding with Trudeau, who was obviously pro-vaccination. So it was more of the him siding with Trudeau thing that turned them more against Jigmeet. But also the fact that he was pro-vaccination, that kind of said you're against Sikki because in their mind, being uh, pro-COVID lockdown, pro-vaccination, whatever, and is a sign that Sikki. you're not as... Yeah, they're saying he's tyrannical. Like, they are legit equating him to a Rangzeb right now. If you have a conversation <laughs> with them, they'll be like, yo, this guy's a Rangzeb, he's not a sick. What right? do they do for day jobs? I'm just curious. I don't know. <laughs> One of them... York. was oddly enough has like a million and one degrees from like a fifth Whoa. party Punjab university or something it was kind of memeing today on twitter i saw that uh oh i know what you're talking about i saw that too <laughs> yeah so honestly fair, i don't know fair. what they do for days i don't know too much more on their things i like the fact that they're like going around doing uh langar seva and stuff for homeless people i thought that was cool i find a lot of their police really cracked out i openly <laughs> i'm like you guys really don't have a good understanding of what you're arguing against but Hey, what do I know? Um, and people got time, man. That's all we gotta got understand. Time. People have yeah. time. It's so it's yeah. okay. And but they, it's it's scary. It's scary that you're saying just this little fringe fringe again element. I mean, I say it's fringe because change it's, public public or our community perception of of the brothers. So what I'm saying, that fringe. Be, I'm saying it's a small group, right? It's like what five six yeah. guys that I've seen over and over again. Um, and they might say, hey, we're not fringe. We got a real movement behind us. We got like a million followers. All our tweets get retweeted by a thousand. But like when I look at the comments and who's retweeting, it's a bunch of white people. White people are celebrating the shit out of these guys. Um, well, the, the anti-vaxxers, right? Yeah, the, like the people. Or anti-sings. Made... They just don't like him, you know. So. Or they don't. Yeah, so they're definitely finding a crowd there. Uh, I mean. But their meme is. So Elon Musk had this great tweet a long time ago, which was whoever controls the meme controls the world. These guys are controlling the meme right now. And you got to admit to that. Like, when they post stuff, it's going viral. People are picking up on it. Bramley Road wants to post that video, it, yeah. good or wrong, right? Um, yeah, whoever can control the narrative. And they're pushing this narrative. But the problem that's with is like, the reason why those narratives are taking hold <clears throat> is the uh, shine or the luster is off, off the whole. The hype is know, dead. The hype is dead. Yeah, it's, it, and it's not, you know, the that's whole, it. like, I love everybody. I'm going to do this and I care for everybody. Hey, man, do something. You know, or just just talk policy. Just he's a smart guy. He's not, you know, he's an intelligent person. He just he goes trying to be everyone's friend. And I think if a lot of people are trying to think that he doesn't have anything else, when he probably has a lot more to say, but uh, <laughs> it gets it gets overlooked, right? So, you know, and I think the same thing's happening with Trudeau. I mean, Trudeau squeaked by in the last election. And people are now. I don't think he's going to win the next one. I, I would Dude, be shocked. If, no. Yeah, I would if, be shocked. If he wins, if anybody but a centrist, yes, wins that CPC election, Trudeau wins again. Fear is a great motivator. Never fair forget, enough. fear yeah, is a great motivator. Enough. If you get someone scary like a PP as your leader, and see PP is oh, scary to centrist. JT is hoping. He's hoping PP wins. Oh, they're pushing him hard. Oh, he's 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 ho they're they're probably promoting his own uh, his own tweets. They're and probably stuff, paying. I mean, they probably have lobby groups like helping uh, push memberships towards them. Uh, they're probably. I, 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 I think themselves. Patrick Brown or even Sheree. Sheree's still in the race. I'm assuming yeah. he is. It poses a bigger challenge for Trudeau because they they seem normal, right? So yeah, no, um, I'm like. I was a brown guy, then a PP guy, and then I'm like, holy shit, PP's crazy. So back to brown or Sheree. So I'm yeah, on the winning yeah, side, really. I, 
I mean, that's the pro- I just think that's the problem with the brothers. Like the the, the I mean, they've had a quite a reign. I mean, it's not like they've been here for a minute. They've been here for a while. Well, it's been a full decade, so, ten years. Yeah, man. And he's the leadership of the NDP party. Like he's he's done it. The question is now, do people want to continue? And I and I think that's the question, right? If he was in the Liberal Party, I think he still would have been around for many years to come. See, I agree with you there. The if he was party, a liberal, you know, if he was, a, he'd yeah. have a lo- longer career as a liberal than he because he is a liberal. <laughs> he is a liberal. <laughs> Back to my point. <laughs> oh man. Anyways, I'm curious what happens municipally now. I think that's all, all I'm saying is, I would say in the next election, like this election, I saw more fair sale signs this election than political signs, and you know that's a problem. That's when you know yeah. how people don't care about politics, okay? So that's what I hope the next election we see a little bit more political signs and less for sale signs. And we oh, know you, want, you, you want the signs, eh? Yeah. Well, hey, man, in our in our community, that's a sign of people being engaged. This this time they're like, yo, forget it. We don't know if we're going to stay in the house or just sell the house. <laughs> <laughs> I legit got a call. They're like, can we put a sign up? I'm like, I'll vote for you, but don't put a sign up, man. I don't, I'm worried about my neighbors coming at me. It's people going around canvassing and... Somebody's open the door thinking it's a buyer. <laughs> the bet. Oh, you're here for the open house? No, no, yeah. that's election time. Uh, get off my lawn. <laughs> We're living in wild times, man. Uh, yeah, one thing else I want to talk about. I don't know if you guys saw what happened with Elon Musk, where he told all his employees to get back to the office. Or yeah, 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 the stay work at home I, stuff. I, yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. I saw him talking about getting rid of 10% of his workforce. I don't know about this come back to the office thing. Okay. So he kind of tweeted out a memo that I don't know if the memo got leaked or it got, I mean, email, obviously it got published. It was yeah. an email. It was an email. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they call it emails memos, but maybe there's something more to it, but he sent an email to all employees saying, Hey, you got to spend at least 40 hours in person at the offices, at the factories, show your presence. If you're the more senior you are, the more time you have to spend showing face said that's how great products are made uh a lot of people on twitter including myself are like what a friggin luddite uh <laughs> if you can work from home work from home what difference does it make our company all few companies i last worked with everyone's gone work from home all employees want to stay work from home and you know productivity is at the same rate culture may take a bit of a hit but as far as work getting done it's better if not equivalent uh, with everyone maybe, maybe he's seeing something different right that's the other well, perspective big bear companies yeah. i agree man but uh smaller mid-sized firms um firms i mean you know companies um i think the interaction is important especially if you want to grow then culture things like culture are important right but when you know, i'm not going to say where you work shinde but like it's a big company so um when you are you know a number an employee number it doesn't really matter, right? With mm-hmm. where you are, but when you are, you know, uh, one fifth of your team or, or one fifth of your department, then it kind of does matter. But uh, like, and the interaction matters. So look, the company I was at previously, that was a lot smaller, and I will say that when everyone went work from home, the culture did take a huge nosedive. Uh, in just in terms of people's like. Oh, okay, yeah, you know, you're you're want your funness, you're wanting to like uh, hang out and stuff. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because I think work and all that stuff stayed the same in a room. Like I was kind of like happy where I was working from home. But to your point, Tesla's a big company. It's not a mid size. I mean, yeah. 
So my, my perspective on that would be, I mean, if you're talking about work culture, um, I don't know how much enthusiasm plays into your, your work life in terms of, I mean, I, I'm assuming these guys are planning lots of projects and, and working with one another. And it's not so much the efficiency, it might be the synergy with one another, mm-hmm. you know, the willingness to work, to, to get stuff done, the, the ideas that are coming out. Uh, and he probably, maybe he sees more stuff happening in person than he does, you know, working at home. The other side of it, what I read was someone, was, someone tweeted that, this possibly might be a, a way for him to lay off some of his workforce. Or not uh, lay off, but um, forcefully yeah. retire them. So the stock doesn't tank, yeah. So and he, uh, doesn't go, he doesn't have to give them severance no more because they willingly resigned. Yeah, so I mean, who knows what he's thinking half the time. And I I mean, everybody thinks they know. I, I don't think anyone knows what's going through his mind. But uh, I can understand that. I mean, if I had a, a place where new ideas are being formed and... A lot of that's face to face or just talking. I, I'm not. I have no insight on how these companies work. This is just me. There is something magical about being able to brainstorm in person just, together. No, like if yeah, if you're in a meeting and, and maybe you guys are talking about a new product or, or new ideas and, um, you know, places like SpaceX and Tesla and everything he runs are based off on great ideas. So, yeah, I could see him being like, "Look, this is how I want to work. So you should work the same." So yeah. that's the way I look at it, right? So. And some people just inspire people in person, whereas being online is a hard way for them to inspire and like get people and are you, amped up. You're not as loyal. Would you be as loyal? To, would you be as enthusiastic of where you work at? No, you know, you're going in the office, you're seeing the brand. Gone, you f- yeah. that's and you feel like you're part of a team. You're competing against your competitors. And he's in a, a sticky situation now in the coming years because everyone's kind of catching up. Right. So it's going to be like it's going to be Tesla versus the world, essentially. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting in the next five to six years what they come out with. And, uh, you know, are people going into Tesla, leaving Tesla, going to other companies? I don't know. No, to your point, there's definitely a stickiness with having to go to, into a company versus working from home. Because if you're working from home, there is generally like, a, well, I'm doing one job. I can, what's the difference between this place and that place? I'm doing the exact same thing. kind of. Uh, and I think companies all reported that there was a higher turnover rate. People were more willing to like take interviews and switch jobs during COVID. I mean, I guess I'm a example of that. Uh, but yeah, Snake. no, I, there, there is something to good leaders, like not a good leaders, but inspirational leaders like Steve Jobs or uh, Elon Musk, where they're able to get people to work double the overtime by, you know, interacting with them, by them being able to inspire people to believe in their ideas. It's like, yeah, we're working for a bigger cause and I need passion. You. the passion. passion. And that's something they can't probably, uh, you know, convey online. And I don't blame them. I don't think most people can. I mean, it might be the managers going back to them saying, hey, we're having a hard time meeting, you know, X amount deadlines because this is whole back and forth with emails. Like, I don't understand how you guys do it. And it must be like a thousand emails I mean, coming through that you got to read. From home. You don't know when someone's off to make a lunch or make breakfast or you know, go run an errand because they're working from home and nobody's checking in on them. It's, no, it's no. really hard to have that synergy, I find. I mean, And so let's be honest, let's be honest, the real ideal, like, now that Pandora's box is open, hybrid is the way to go. Hmm. Like, for us, it's just well, like I mean, the banks... one chat open, right? The chat's always open, you're conveying, like, if you got to take a 30-minute shake, like, hey, I'm going to be back in 30 minutes. You let everyone know... <laughs> They almost feel like I mean, I'm of... sure aren't they creating algorithms to watch your work efficiency through your computer? People don't like, like haven't they already done that? They you can measure work just generally, right? You know what it how long something takes. Uh, hmm. but I don't think companies want to be no employee wants to feel like they're being 
watch that closely. Yeah. And that's why they want to work at home. Yeah. That's why they want to work at home. I mean, look, right? at, at the office, everyone wants that private office over like that cubicle for the same reason. Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> we know who has private that though. Office bitches. <laughs> With a view. Um, but but the With banks the are, the banks, interestingly enough, have uh, revoked all the uh, vaccination requirements for in-person workers uh, just this week some of the major banks so they're clearly ramping up to bring everybody back as well so I, I i think working at home is gonna wrap to an end to be honest with you guys or they're gonna just find a way to lay off the force who doesn't want to come back outsource some of those jobs i think for certain positions yes i i don't think it's completely gone robbie but yeah especially if companies are making money and saving on overhead and mm. if it's something to keep employees around because a lot of companies are going to be like, well, everyone needs to come back now. All this talent that they've acquired from across the country is just like, yeah, I'm not ready to move. No, I'm happy where I'm living. I'm going to find something more local then. Mm. <laughs> Interest rates are up. I'm not ready to sell. <laughs> I guess. I just I just think it's... Um, I don't know why the companies would want you to come back to work. Like, like maybe that's the same thing they're thinking as Elon's thinking. Maybe. Possibly. But yeah, I agree with you guys. Efficient. If it's efficient, I don't, I don't get why you would want people cut your. It's always going to be in any, any, you know, senior execs or managers head that if they're not here, they're fucking off. Or I can't control them, right? Yeah. Or they don't get that uh, ego, ego rub that they need, right? Mm -hmm. I have everybody around me who says, "Oh, hi, how are you?" Or I get to you know? um, quickly going on. Ranch, you were here last week. Uh, your thoughts on Musa Alasidu's passing and stuff i know you're way more intertwined with the culture stuff with the music yeah. and all that i i don't know way more but yeah I mean, way more than more. me uh <laughs> i don't know yeah i am yeah i mean look um anything i say i, I gotta put it here you know there's some people who are very near and dear to me you know rg shout out to you uh you know you're really closest to do so if you're listening anything i say um uh you know don't take it the wrong way but to do um you know huge loss for the community um i i liked his work his recent work wasn't too crazy about um but generally you know still like uh, he was a fresh take on the punjabi music scene so fucking huge loss the way he went that really shook me um you know going back home all the time well home punjab all the time um you know I, i'm aware of the violence there that what kind of guard you need to have up um that's not lost on me but the brazenness and the attack that was fucking crazy mm. the one thing i didn't like and, and i really hate this about our community is the second someone of note passes away um uh, you know, anybody who's somewhat of a leader or somewhat outspoken, it's this fucking paranoia of the boogeyman government did it. Like, come on. There's clear and obvious signs that there's some sort of, you know, retribution or gang-related violence. Whether it's to do, like, some of whatever connection is being you know put out there with Sadhu, it seems really remote that he had some weird connection to Mbia gang or some shit like that. He was vaguely involved in, you know, just favoring one gang over another through his music or, or his personal relations. No real bad thing he did. But, like, fuck. First of all, we don't need a boogeyman. Uh, the second thing, uh, and, you know, jump in. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think before he died, 
anybody ever really equated him with the Khalistan or Sandhjal Singh movement or really equated him with that. The second he passed away, you know, somehow he got put into that box. Hmm. Just somehow. And, and, and why? Why why do we need that? Is it because we have a fucking vacuum of Bantic leaders? Like, there's nobody there. And so any, the second, you know, Deep, Deep Sidhu died, <laughs> you got posters of him and, and Sanjanao saying, um, you know, Sidhu died and, you know, all of a sudden we've lost a great voice for Punjab empowerment and, and the separatist movement or nationalist movement of Punjab. Like, no, man, like these guys were great motivators, great leaders in their own right. I wouldn't put them in that umbrella or in that tent um, per se. Like they were put I, after I, they I don't died. I think but, Sidhu would think of himself as... Yeah, he was your honor. I don't like think he it. would say he was on like he was so humble as a person. I don't even think he would say I'm like yeah, I, this is who I am. Like I, I think it's strange that you people are invoking that. Uh, you know, putting him next to Sanjanal Singh at, at that point. But for me, I would say his bravado, his his ability to speak his mind and through his music and that ego that he has. I think that was cool. I think we should, that should be celebrated, right? Was, that aspect uh, of it. Yeah, but, he was a macho guy. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So just, just you know, but his musically, man, I think the more as as the week went on, and obviously seeing the the images from his funeral, um, the more thing, and you know, playing his music, and I, you know, maybe it's just listening to his hits. I never even, I never knew he sung. Didn't have one song about with a drink drinking in it. I was shocked when I heard that. And I was like, really. And I thought about it, and then when I started listening to music, I'm like, oh man, this guy's just talking about just him working hard and making nothing else. There's nothing else to his lyrics. He was like, him being a badass and like, you well, know. Well, I mean, that's what I mean about the, the ego and the confidence and all that, and yeah. all that right? It's every, I mean, look, that's all hip hop we listen to anyways, right? But yeah, yeah I was impressed with that, you know? I was, uh, man, I, I remember listening to uh, one of his songs back in the day, that it was East Side Flow or something like that. I'm like, man, I wish this song was around when I was in high school or or your university, man. It's like, because you, you, know, you want to get to work, get done. It's a great gym song. I'm like, I can understand why the youth is so attracted to that, right? But yeah, I mean, he was lost because at the end of the day, man, a Sadar to make it into the, what, was he in the top 50 streamed artists? Well, in the entire world? Away, as soon as he passed away. Something, like, something crazy, right? And, yeah. and you know, I think he was like I mean, top 15 on like streaming uh, as soon as he passed away. At the end of the day, he's wearing a bug, got that high, and he, he never made it an issue, never really talked about it. And he goes, this is who I am. And I think that's cool, man. I think that's the thing that really makes me sad, right? He was yeah. a, a role model for certain people that might have felt a, a bit different or felt, uh, you know, uh, questioned wearing a bug. And, and these guys are making it cool. We've talked about other artists in the past. But, you know, if I was a kid and, and I was listening to his music and that happened yeah for sure i don't know about the pontic stuff so i'm not gonna or the political stuff i'm not gonna comment as an, of an expert all of a sudden uh, as everybody has been in the last week but i would say just as a music fan the more i listen to it and which is sad that i've listened to it more in his passing or appreciated more as we do all artists but i wouldn't say i'm listening to him and saying ah it's whatever i'm actually listening to say this is pretty good i was just never appreciated as much right so yeah, I mean, for to the Pontic side, like a lot of interviews obviously get, are getting played on IPTVs and like all these channels, yeah. obviously for their own plays, right? And so my even my mom and my parents were sitting down watching them. And my, you know, my mom's like, she's like, you know, 
the way they were originally portraying him, that's not what he seems from his interviews. And like the Buttick side, I think comes from that he was unapologetic to a certain degree to certain things because he d- did say, "I have a Sancho Nelson poster in my room." You know, he's like, "I do look up yeah. to Sanchi to a degree," uh, and he's like, "I don't know why people make that a big deal." He's like, "That's just a, a hero figure of mine." Um, you know, funny. He, he didn't take. Uh, he guy, wasn't the, taking the, guys, the cause. The guys who allegedly, you know, got him killed, they're big fans of him too. Yeah, it's not <laughs> that's true. So, I mean, that was the weird thing because I'm always like, every time someone commits a crime now in India and they're trying to like publish their picture, they always put a Sanjay Nelson shirt on them. Uh, wow. <laughs> and so I'm like, now they're they're really trying to equate this thugdom to like the. But, thing, right? uh, but another I, thing that was interesting was like watching his watching his uh, concert stuff. Like, you know how rappers or, like, artists go on, like, many little spiels during the concert? Is he did a lot of them where he's like, yo, we need to protect this stuff. You got to protect this stuff. Like, he was not, I'm saying a Punjabi nationalist, but, like, a Punjabi culturalist. Like, we got to preserve, a, we got to, like, preserve Punjabi. We got to preserve Punjabi, yeah. right? So... Whether that gets construed to be, oh, he was like very Panthic minded or he could have developed into more of a Panthic mind, you know, oh, to be to what, be seen. I don't I mean, know. Why I'm does that even matter? I mean, my so, whole thing is, why does that even matter? Who cares, right? Like, mm-hmm. just why are we theorizing what he was and what, just appreciate what he was. And in yeah. that in itself is sad enough, man. You, 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 you know, like you said, you're, you're talking about songs about Punjabi culture, even was that 295 song, it says protect our institutions or you're going to ruin that too. Yo, and no one's gonna have five is such a and you're listening yeah you're listening so to that you're like times, damn man. Like, that's like because yeah. that's kind of more of my style of music right it's not the yeah. hardcore dance music it's like let's just it's lyrical it's i just yeah i pause like oh shit that line was sick oh shit that line's pretty sick like that was one of the few songs but a, a lot of i'm like you i'm a hindsight thing i have more of musawala plays post his death than i did all years of him being around right no, I, I still, I look, he came out, I mean, the year my daughter was born and there was my cousin's wedding was the, that first song he came out with. Uh, so high, is it called So High? So High. That actually wasn't his first song. He had another one before that. Called- no, but that was the big, the big, yeah, that um, was a big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big hit, right? That's the one that got played at all the weddings and whatnot. Yeah. So man, in five years for a guy to take over the industry, change the style of music, be an artist all over the world, recognitions from every rapper and uh, you know a lot of rappers not every rapper but yeah man i i i think in that narrative musically culturally you know looking at all these like youths doing these vigils and stuff man he meant I'm something all for it. Him, if, so. if it means something to you i'm not gonna knock you yeah i i just don't like the i don't i don't like the control the politicians are taking there's a whatsapp video going around where all the uh like bottle and all these guys were talking shit about him and the minute after this the death they're calling him said the musicology and they're changing their narrative about who he was it's like that's the side I don't like. I don't yeah. like the opportunistic, you know. But there's there's general fans out there. There's, there's general people that really this this meant something to them, right? So, yeah. uh, one yeah. thing I wanted to ask you. We were talking about this at the start of the show. Uh, what's going on with the gang stuff? Like, what is it that? Well, can you fill us in on any of that, Ranji? Okay. Um, you guys heard of the guys that took responsibility, Goldie Bar, and what's his name? Lawrence. 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 Lawr
This is yeah, Nolan. yeah. He was named Lawrence. I don't know if that was like the name he took at birth or or whatnot, but uh, yeah. So he has a gang, uh, gang based in Punjab. If you guys, let me rewind it back. One of the biggest elections in Punjab is the student body elections in university. Okay, mm-hmm. you I'll go on YouTube right after you record this. Google like riots between. Uh, Sopu and Pusu or something like that. Those are like the two like government student bodies that are in all the big universities. Wild, wild fights. Huge, huge uh, rallies. Um, people take it seriously because if you win one of those posts, you're guaranteed a career in politics after you leave university and you're going to make money. Okay. So what's happened is who wants to control power? Politics, politicians and, and gangsters, right? It's who they want to control spheres of influence. So over the last, you know, let's say 15 years or so, it's been gangsters that have been taking over. And when they lose elections, that's where beefs are drawn. And those beefs, you know, um, become gang wars. And that's what we have here in Punjab, essentially gang wars based on what happened back in university. And those grudges have lived on. So allegedly, um, there's a group, the Bambiha group, was somehow involved in the murder of this guy named Vicky Medukera, who was a past politician, a student body politician, and he was boys with this uh, Lawrence Pishnoi group. And, you know, apparently Sidhu, Sidhu was part of that camp or he had, like, good relations with them, and he helped them out in some undisclosed way or maybe just hung out with them, and this was a way of sending a message. Sad, but... It is what it is. I was wondering if things so are stu- like so student politics, it, but it's huge there. Like I know, you can't, but still. you can't look at it from our Canadian lens. But yeah, I know, I know, yeah. But yeah, but I remember hearing there's this one thing was uh, the ex- extortion of artists, and it's a big thing in rap music here. So like certain rappers, if they're going to go perform at a, in a city, there's people they got to pay, kind of like a protection tax. Like this is who runs this runs the south. All right, I got to give you money to make sure that nothing pops off at my concert. And if I don't, then something might pop off at my concert and they're not going to guarantee the safety of the artists or the acts, right? Is that prevalent in Punjab? Like if you're doing yeah, shows, it, like you got to... It's, it's become prevalent, uh, the extortion. Um, I mean, that's why we're hearing about, you know, all these Mankirtalik, Garnajla, all these guys getting just scuffles yeah. or getting shot at. It's because of, and, uh, you know, this aspect. Shot, wasn't it? Who? Mm-hmm. No, um, was shop. Exactly. Yeah, I think that was a little different issue, but yeah, exactly. Oh, I thought. I, I sorry. I thought that was extortion as well. I I don't think that one was extortion, but extortion exists. I mean, Eminem was getting extorted, right? I mean, you guys all know mm-hmm. the story, but he had a concert coming up in somewhere in California, um, and uh, I think it was it was a Bloods of the Crips. I think it was the Crips who were like, "You're gonna come. You're gonna pay this." this money and um he didn't want to do it so somehow his like manager connected to the samoan gang uh also in you know socal and they came through and they told the crips or whatever that you can't touch eminem he's with us now and apparently this the samoan gang is really badass that nobody wanted to fuck with them and they told you know M that you don't have to pay a shit but as a thank you like just shout us out so instead of shouting him out M had him in a music video um but like you know to your point 
this existing rap and they see love a good hustle and and you know it'd be a business or even gangsterism right so they saw yeah. rappers are paying gangs out there let's do the same thing so was that happening in the music videos or kind of like okay you got to bring these guys in and it's like oh so he's down with that guy look at who's in the video that must be in the yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's shouting them out in songs, right? So, is this mm. prevalent across all music now? Do you think people take a step back, or do you think this just escalates now? I think now with the lens on Punjab um, and the violence there and what's going on with the gangs, there's gonna have to be there'll be actually to be honest, a fucking powder keg. Either it'll go forward and fucking explode, or it'll fucking shrink right now. But we're at a crossroads. It'll be one or the other. It's so not going to stay the same. But what do you think? What's your leaning one way or the other? Money is being made. Pandora's box is open. It's going to keep mm. going. Sad reality though, right? Like that's, that's where we that's kind of... Yeah. Even our musicians are now like are all artists facing this or is it just like this But you know what? If, if, if you're... It's, uh, no, I think it's a genre. It's a genre thing. I don't think anybody's hustling Amrinder um, Gill for... <laughs> I don't um, know, man. They're doing extortion. it to actors, right? They do it to Bollywood actors all the time. There's lots of extortion going on there. Who knows? There's a lot more money we're, there, too. Yeah, but we're not privy to it, right? So, I yeah. mean, I'm sure... I mean, they're not a, advertising that. Form. No one's saying, hey, I got extorted. I got... <laughs> I had to yeah. get 20% of my purse to this uh, crew over here. Um, but you think people are, like, doing that to, like, Gunwork Gutewell or someone? <laughs> yeah. I think I that guy would just stop singing. <laughs> He'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and that's what it is, right? It no longer becomes profitable for you. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. Yeah, but uh, that's what, like, I mean, they, the, the the lack of remorse or the lack of respect to just take someone out like that of that stature is, uh, and yeah, the way I they feel, did I it too, right? Now. Daylight in day, his bend. The first day, I did not. It did not hit me. Second day, yep. it didn't really hit me. You know, I want to say fourth, fifth. Like now, we're on the third, fourth, and fifth day. It's been really getting to it's me the, now. It's the funeral. The funeral really. The funeral. And I, really and I saw the videos of his dad, yeah. uh, making the gestures. Obviously, you know, uh, his dad taking off his bug and yeah. thanking everybody yeah. for coming. Like, yeah. it's uh, uh, moving yeah. right along though. Switching it up. You guys watch uh, Kenobi then? Final thoughts on like the last episode. <laughs> great, yeah, great episode segue. I, I love, I, at some point i've cried and then i get interrupted like fuck it i made that effort now it's just like let's get to it uh Kenobi, there we episode go. Three. um so we did what, what, what did we everybody watch someone actually messaged me like yo please give me i'm like you would literally hear me wrapping up to talk about it that's your cue so from here on out we're gonna be talking about kenobi if yeah, want, I was if the Pod Boys, and I and you're I one of those weird. It. If you're one of those weird people that waits for the entire series to come up before you watch it, just turn off the podcast because yeah. you're weird. Well, I, I'm one of those people overall too, but <laughs> yeah, you're weird. I, I did I did turn off the pod until I watched episode one and two, and then I I Listens. listened in. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna talk about three. Uh, a few months back, I don't know if you guys remember, but we were talking about Obi Wan Kenobi because when you guys were talking shit about the Star Wars, you know, ser- series. Forgot which one. Yeah, Shinda. Anyways, um, I, we, we were theorizing what's going to go on with this. And I said, they're going to likely bring Vader at the very last episode. We're just going to hear the... And that's about it. But I said, it'd be really, really cool if they brought him in like halfway through. And we got to see what he was really like back then. Fucking right. They did a great job. He is so scary. The Vader in the movies, 
is a Disney cartoon compared to the Vader that they have in this fucking show. He is ruthless. He snapped the neck. He just fucking killed a kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what the fuck? This guy's a fucking asshole. Before you're just a bad guy. Now he's a fucking. He's scary, man. He's gonna kill that little girl. Um, well, it's, he wants to kill his daughter. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. The only thing, like, my criticism of the show is that fucking fire shouldn't have stopped him from killing. He should have killed Obi Wan Kenobi right away. Like, what the fuck is that fight? It was such a waste of time. I was like, ah, oh, get it over with. Huh? Fuck. And then the fire. Oh my god! Now the fire stops you, motherfucker. Just wave your hand and fucking blow it out. But um, or jump over the, it. <laughs> yeah, fly over yeah. it. The disappointing fighting scene aside, they have done a phenomenal job with this. I 100% agree with your last comments from the last pod. And episode three has fucking delivered. What a good show! I only had one gripe with that fight scene was the ability of the Darth Vader to move so quickly. <laughs> Obi-Wan's running around and this guy just pops out of nowhere. I'm like, yo, this guy hobbles around in every scene in Star Wars. He's a robot. How is he jumping over these things and catching up to Obi-Wan? Obi-Wan's <laughs> running away on a mountain. All of a sudden, he comes out of nowhere. That's the one part I didn't believe. I, that was my gripe. He was just cutting him off. He knew the angles. So. <laughs> he knew the angles. Um, so I liked... I like. I agree with you on Vader being scary. I, I agree with you on they did a great job introducing Vader, showing his repair, showing how like that his rebuild happened. Uh, all that stuff was amazing. Uh, the Vader being scary, yeah, I agree. I felt like they brought him in too early in this show, because maybe I don't know. I thought they could have done a little bit more. Uh, the fight scene could have been better. Yeah, I, did, I was just yeah. expecting yeah. a little bit more build up to it, like. And it's such a short series. I mean, it's only eight episodes, right? Yeah, I guess so. But now we're episode three, and we're already got like a fight scene between them. Uh, I mean, the last. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. The last emergence of Vader or scene was like that was Rogue One, right at the end of the movie, right? Yes. Yeah. And was so that's that, all that we've was ever a, had. That was that was I was talking the, to. That was uh, the best me. part of the movie. Yeah, it was the best. <laughs> they did. Oh, it was, it was, it was bad, fan man. service. That was pure fan service. That yeah. that that that's like scene. let's give you guys some uh, Jedi or like big character. Yes. So my my question from the last episode: Are you guys done with the Inquisitors? Because I'm done with them. We got a real villain now. I don't need to see this whole Inquisitor battle like, between the Inquisitors. I don't Inquisitor. like yeah. The, the... I don't like. It. Yeah. See, that's, yeah, that's part of why I think they should have let him come a little later, like build up on the Inquisitor beefs, the other Sith and like the Jedi's. Were, wanted, like... But they were well, I mean, let, let's let's be honest. There's one thing I'm sure we've all read into. There's some secret about the Gali's origin that's going to come out. Well, I, I think no, she was I, one of the young just, Jedi's that got. Yeah, she's the young one. They all were. They all were. Yeah. But so they remember, were all... she hits the uh, symbol in the uh, the hideout, and that was the symbol of the Jedi who died in the first scene. Right. Hmm. So she is one of the younglings, but I don't know why she's upset. That's I, I told you, I don't understand the anger. Why is she angry at the Jedi if she saw all the for Jedi abandoning get killed? Them? Or for abandoning them and not... They got slaughtered. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, hopefully they reveal it. Her character is just the one character that I feel like isn't gelling with the rest of the characters yet. Like, there seems like... I, the young girl, Layla, great. Uh, the other yeah, what a great! You guys were right about that. What a great child actors. Uh, the other Inquisitors kind of made sense. They weren't overly talkative, very focused, machine like. Mm. Her, she, she was, and I don't think it's her fault. I think it's just the way it's written. Is she was written as a very angry character, and it doesn't really fit with the flow of everyone else. She's uh, uh, receiving a lot of uh, 
racial racist flag. comments. I mean, that sucks. I don't know how we can like. That's, really that's Star Wars fans, though. Come on, no, that's I don't Star even Wars know. It's, it's, it's not <laughs> fancy on. general. That's every what was it? Buddy, uh, what, right, what was when, the name? What was the name? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I forgot his the, the, the British, dude from right? the Force Awakens, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Then the then the, the Chinese girl from the the following movie. Oh, she right? got it Received too. So, she got crazy racist comments, man. Oh, I'm telling fuck. you, racist. The whole I series mean, was racist to begin with. I remember when they suggested, uh, "What's his face play Spider Man?" That black actor and comedian, uh, Croy from Parks and Rec, uh, and that got all the crazy type racist thing, and then. Marvel doubled down and said, look, we're going to make a black Spider-Man. Fuck you guys. No. Um, and they did. And Miles is a great character. But even, uh, even if you watch George Lucas as like, I, I, you know, uh, after I watched that episode, you know, the other ones pop up as suggested watches. So I don't know for shits and giggles. I put on the Phantom Menace. You ever notice how the trade guys talk like Asian people? Yeah. yeah. Have you guys noticed that? They, and have yeah. you noticed? Obviously, George Binks is Jamaican. Yeah. And I'm just watching. I'm like, there's no other colored people in this goddamn movie. <laughs> this is, it's 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 completely racist. Yeah. The no, they, racist. he played big on he played up on stereotypes, especially with like the way Jar Jar Binks acted and uh, kind of behaved. He really played up on certain Jamaican stereotypes. The, the guy who owned the rights to Anakin was Italian. Yeah. I mean, really? but Darth Vader, the original Darth Vader was yeah, black. Yeah, <laughs> Warto, Watto, or whatever his name was. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Name, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. And I feel like it's just fandom in general. People get so caught up on how they want this canon to be preserved based on books and whatever else they read. That they're like, they weren't black here. You can't make them black now. Uh, it's weird. Yo, Yellow, what's going to be crazy when Miss Marvel comes out what, next month or yeah. in two months? And it's the first um, Muslim superhero from Disney. We'll see what happens with that. So that's going to be interesting. How the Marvel Universe reacts. I'm mean, talking movies. I can't wait for to watch Top Gun. I'm looking forward to it. I heard Top Gun was really okay. good. Actually, everyone I've talked to seen it loved it. I'm waiting for uh, it Tom, to come out online. Can we give kudos to Tom Cruise. This man still is going and fucking nuts. As a as an aviation guy, I'm look, look fucking nuts what they've done. Aviation I've, guy. Took it up plane to no, this aviation guy. guy. <laughs> Buddy, Ranji is hardcore. This guy used to... I used to make fun of this guy as a little kid. Is he? No, was he playing Simulator? No, oh, yeah, I played Simulator. simulator. Like, okay, but have you flown a plane? Yeah, I've flown a plane. Have you? Yeah. Oh, and I'm impressed. My wife just got me flight lessons. At Brampton? Well. Yeah, yeah. This guy was... What's that? Oh, I take my words back. I've put... I take my words back completely. I'm sorry. Cadets. This guy used to be an air cadet. Yeah. I remember clowning him. Wait, that's even funnier. Do you have... There must be a picture rolling around somewhere. Yeah, there was. I was really really good at it. (laughs) Were you asking... (laughs) I remember... Were you asking for donations? Paul and Vinier. This guy was like doing the marches and like... This guy's a hardcore aviation. Like if I ask him... What happened? So why didn't you become a, a pilot or in the military? You see those glasses on his face? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I have to sign those forms all the time. I always wanted to be a pilot when I was a kid because of um, Nirmal Singh Seiko, who uh, was a famous pilot from uh, my ancestral pend. And, you know, reading about it. And then I thought about it, I'm like, my dad's like, you, you know, we don't have the money to go forget your flying lessons. I'm like, all right, cool. There goes that dream. <laughs> so, it was what it cost the same as your degree did. I know. Now that I know, my parents don't know, right? Parents don't know that, right? So, but I don't think like, my vision, making... my vision wouldn't allow me to be a uh, a military pilot, but a normal pilot, yeah. Yeah, a commercial pilot. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like military pilots where it's at, but 
getting to fly those fighter jets, but not. Yeah, but I, the money, the money, the money's in commercial. Yeah, yeah. You work like have, what three days, three days in a two weeks or something. When like you something when you're senior enough and you're flying, I'll just say that flying the type of planes that go from Toronto to Delhi, mm-hmm. then you're Delhi. working maybe like ten days a month and making three hundred a year. That's Holy great. Shit. That's beautiful. Yeah, making my son a pilot and my daughter a pilot. Why not? Yeah, Just but they're always it. on the road. They're always on the road, right? Well, and that's, be that's only at the senior years. Like when you're younger, you're flying a lot more for what still decent know? money. Still decent money. <laughs> Work from home, fly a plane. <laughs> yeah. Play cod, man. Soon enough, we're just gonna our pilots are gonna be sitting in an office just controlling the plane remotely. We're still I'm we're not gonna be there. No people are not gonna trust always gonna one be pilot. There. there will always be a need for at least one pilot. Yeah, 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 that's what they said. Would you, would you get on it? I mean, eventually. I wouldn't even, yeah. I wouldn't even get a. I wouldn't even get on a boat that was what didn't have people. You get on in it. a fucking car that drives itself. Yeah, I you'd mean, be scared. Eventually, you'll get used to it. You just get accustomed to things. It'll take one rate. crash and it's over. That's one it. crash, that's it. It's that's Computer like saying. It, I mean, what it takes one shooting for them to ban guns. They're, you can't stand the way progress. That's just, that you're comparing that; those are not mutually exclusive things. That's totally different. <laughs> no, that's right, human please. error. That's not computer error. All right, yeah. bonded of the week. You guys had Del Duque's bonded of the week. Uh, in my opinion, God didn't even his own seat. Yeah, bonded. <laughs> 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 the, the beige crayon. Uh, <laughs> I actually got to meet this one kid that was pretty cool. I don't know. You guys see the TikTok video, viral video of uh, the promposals? The guy who got oh, rejected. And, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. But he, she did it again and she said yes. He, a different girl. Oh. Oh. Gotta shoot your player, shot. Player. Gotta shoot your, yeah. He caught that rebound. Yeah. I actually got winner, to Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I met him yesterday. He was at uh, Brub's thing. He was one of the volunteers. Nice kid. Uh, I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to spoil any of his shit, but smart kid. I'll say that much. He's got. Oh, he made, did he make money? I mean, it's there's the money aspect involved to it, selling merch. I think it's pretty dope. And anytime you put money and you're making money, I'm done. Killed, he killed the views. Got what a million? Well, it wasn't. There was no romance, eh? No ah, romance is dead. It was I all mean, about the money. Hey, hey, <laughs> it's entertaining enough, man. I I was a total sucker for it because I was like, yo, this guy got faded, and then the second time, like, oh, he got his rebound, and then I'm like, oh, you're calculated. I see. I think I like you more now. <laughs> but hey, confidence to do that shit. What was the high school? What was the high school? Can you... Sandalwood Heights. Oh, no, no, Sandalwood. Sandalwood Heights, it seemed. Oh, wow. It's a local. Promposals were such this weird thing going around here. And I guess they still are. For the last thing for us. No, at us. Well, it wasn't. Awesome. But I cannot see how. Half people... the guys didn't even take girls in my prom. Yeah. Did... In our first at Chinkuzi, our first song at at, at at prom was it was Jazzy B Nog. <laughs> <laughs> that was the first song. All I'm our prom was more of a party. These guys are. Uh, if you do a proposal, your freaking marriage proposal has to be like ten times bigger, you know? Or like, yeah, imagine your wife sees your prom proposal, uh, and it was way better than what you she got. Oh man. Yeah, so I'm like, man, you guys are wasting your efforts on these proms. And yeah. we don't even call them proms here. We call them formals. Really? Oh, we call them formals? Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, here it's the formal, and then there's a semi-formal. If you're young, that's ah, the weirdest thing. All I know is during my formal thing, I went to Dixie Goes Out of Sermon, and I was like, 
I ain't going to this shit. Too hardcore for this. Oh, you would have had fun at Chinkuzi's, man. It was a good time. All I know there was I veggie went... food too. There was lots of veggie food, I think. It, it sounds like really it's good. a boring hall party. Yeah, oh, it was fun. Mine was fun. I all I saw from mine were all my boys getting drunk, and I was like, "Yeah, I didn't miss much." So, on that note, anything you guys want to drink? Anything? You guys... Uh... <laughs> Yo, man, it's late. Eleven forty-eight. Uh, we'll post this Monday. Recorded this on a Friday night, June third. Uh, you guys up to anything cool this weekend? Uh, no, not Work. really. I'm just going to sit online and watch and count which politician posts things about 1984 Blue Star and which ones don't. Keep One, secret talk. I guess I think should. I might. Uh, Actually, I want to touch on I this might... right now because I want to do a podcast during this time. Uh, <laughs> do you think the Blue Star stuff's dying down, like our remembrance of it? or How many years? It's 38. You have a whole new generation people means nothing to. Or is it a whole new generation that is discovering it for the first time? They don't, they don't, they don't have our parents' emotions were tied with ours, our community, that, that, that age group, right? So getting, let's say a 15 year old to really see the important, the whole community has to make it a huge thing. Then yes, then you can say every kid will be back into it. But I just don't see, when you talk to general people, I don't think they're as in tune as they were. That's just my observation not saying it's right or wrong i i've seen it maybe robbie you're right about here but i've been seeing a change in india Mm. where once it was something that you can only talk about behind closed doors fair enough yeah now it's like fuck the internet's there they have the ability to see yeah they can't hide it they have the ability to see behind the curtain that uh fuck like this guy and this movie it wasn't fucking boogeyman like our government is it's fair to fucking criticize the government it's, it's no no criticize 100 i just think oh, so this, this of... movement this whole like yeah. sick militancy and stuff like that it's seen through a different light and to shinda's point there's a new generation that hears about khalasan extremists googles it now and learns what hmm. we've learned so I think his point, it's growing, but not so much here has become sort of like a anniversary thing, but where it's still a live issue, I think, I think that's where it's the real benefit is happening. I mean, at some point in history, it will be. Hey, Siddhu was born in 93 and look yeah. at him. No, no, I'm, no, no. I'm just saying like, obviously there's been lots of atrocities in history, right? And in terms of our own, eventually they start to lose their. Not importance. I don't mean that. I mean, I mean, partition is close to my heart because my grandparents told me about it. Yeah, same with mine, and I and, and I completely agree with you. I'm just saying, my kids' kids. Yeah. Uh, are, are they really going to care about partition in times of prosperity for themselves when they don't feel as um, oppressed? You know, if you're feeling oppressed, then all those kind of historical like, items uh, weigh heavy. You know? But if you're in a in a time of prosperity and you're happy. It's like having a Jewish friend who may, who can make Holocaust jokes because he's part of that tribe, you know? That's I don't know about the joke, yeah, but I'll say this much. I can, but he can. <laughs> so I, I've noticed, too, what Reggie was saying. It, for the longest time, it was a Western thing. Western, society, Western diaspora was the ones kind of talking about it, sharing things, mm. keeping the stories alive. And it was uh, 
let's not talk about it in India. Everyone wanted to live in Kalanisha because everyone knew someone, their chacha or their cousin or someone at a certain age who was disappeared because it was that prevalent at, for a certain generation. Um, but now people are like, I saw pictures from old websites and pictures that we put on the internet and videos that we helped like encode and publish getting reshared and relabeled and stuff. And I'm like, people are rediscovering this for the first time. They're seeing pictures of some of these Shahids or some of this stuff for the first time. And it's kind of like interesting to them to your point of like in Punjab isn't in a good place. Everyone's trying to get out of Punjab. Clearly there's that thing. And I think for them, they're like, yeah, this is still going on. We still feel, you know, oppressed to a certain degree like that. So I think there is a resurgence of it. I thought when I was, which audience was sharing it and who was sharing it and where it was coming from. It's different, like J- Jaggi Johal, Jagdar Singh Johal. He's still yeah. in prison over yeah. this stuff, and his stuff was he took me. He was one of the guys who was curating pictures for the longest time, creating pictures. And I have like chunks of collection that would have been shared with him. And even I'm like, man, do I hold this collection? Do I just publish it and put it out there now? Uh, you know. But it's an interesting like. I think we're always gonna have waves where a new generation comes. Like when my kids discover it, and they're gonna start sharing these pictures again for the first time and. No, I was just saying my, my I agree with that. I, I just think the shift that I see, this is my personal perspective, is away from anger, more to somber, you know, mm. remembrance. Uh, you know, now you're saying the government obviously did it and how wrong it was, but not the, the anger, like the, the sheer anger that would come out that you would see in the community. And, and, and that I feel like has shifted as the times have passed I, I don't think it's i don't know how to explain it without coming across like a dig yeah <laughs> I, I don't I don't, i'm not i'm not trying to um diminish the importance of what happened but i do think the the it's, i can't even say severity man I, I don't know i don't know how to explain it it's just it's not um i think yeah like ranjit said to his point viewed from a different lens possibly Right. And yeah. uh, whereas, and I think when we were growing up, it's like it was anger, like they're going to do something about it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, we can when still we do something up, about it. Now it's like, now it's like, well, that happened think, to us. Let's never forget. Right. I Yeah. It's happened to us in a few generations. They'll be pushing for reconciliation. And, you know, I personally believe that's the way to go. I know I'm going to get shit on by a lot of my boys, but, uh, you know, I'm an India guy, so it is what it is. Um, the reconciliation is in the books. It's going to happen. How it happens, when it happens exactly, I don't know. But let me put, I'm going to say this. I've noticed over the last seven, eight years, this time of year when I start posting about 1984 Blue Star, it's the kids whose parents and grandparents were in Punjab police during the, that time or in the army and senior posts or in the government. Their kids are liking and, you know, loving my post and commenting on it and uh she, you know sh- saying things personally to me in my dms and I, I i think about that it's like wow like what a shift the internet has created the access to the information um this wasn't allowed this wasn't allowed just a generation ago i mean it's and still now, being blocked, when, right? when, when the son of a, a general in the army from that time is you know putting hearts around my post of San Jarnal saying with a deed, you know, with a quote about him taking on the Indian army. Like it's like you know your family was on the other side of that conflict. <laughs> pages turn. The pages yeah. turn. 
Um, one I mean, thing I would say you is... also think it's... Go ahead, sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, the censorship stuff still exists. Videos on such analysis and mm. stuff are still getting blocked on Instagram and Facebook. And I mean, that's, that's going to happen. They're constantly mm. muting that those hashtags in India. Uh, but I would, I mean, do you th also think it's like when, I don't know how you guys were brought aware of it or, or your introduction to, to that point in history. Did you find out more in snippets and through conversations with people and, and that story or that, um, that knowledge base started to grow slowly over the years and the more you talk to people, books you might have read, insights, rather than now the instantaneous nature of knowledge where you click and you get it all at once, it, it might not have as much, you know, the gravity of it is not as severe as some people when you just really go, eh, and you kind of move on. I learned Whereas it with if the, you're, I, I flipped the switch, Robbie. That's how I learned about it. Was it? Okay. I, yeah, I, I, I came from a very Punjabi household that... Um, looked at militancy as a shitty thing um, that happened in Punjab and got a lot of kids killed. Mm. And the second I got somewhat exposed to <laughs> Taksalis, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I just devoured, devoured the information, uh, lightning pace, formed my own opinion, questioned um, the perspective I was raised with. And it was really... Their pers the perspective I was raised with is they're just shielding me from what happened because uh, it was a yeah, tragedy, but, right? But I mean, so, because, is that because you then you had also had people to talk to about it? Exactly. A, a community uh, no, to, to but, but foster the, the, that interest? I had a community to foster the interest. I had the internet, you know, the, the site that Juggy fucking posted. I was on it all the time looking at these pictures and learning about these fighters and what was going on, right? Uh, in the Raleigh Tiger Force and all these kinds of groups, I was reading about it. I was like, "Oh shit, this is crazy." Um, but yeah, for me, I I was devouring it. So um, it'll hit someone's heartstrings. If it hits, it might not for someone else. It all mm -hmm. depends on who you are. But I think I think the story is there still for anybody who has some sort of connection to the community, where it'll still um, get resonate. you going. Yeah, it'll resonate. All right. Uh yeah, so on that note, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for uh, subscribing and listening. Our numbers are doing decent, but I think we could do a lot better. So if you're listening to this and you have friends, just send them a link, you know. Maybe they'll vibe with it too. We do talk a lot about politics. Sometimes I think we talk too much on politics, but then that's just who we are now. So uncle talk. Experts. We're experts. <laughs> we're experts. Yeah, no, we're just straight up uncles. I've so accepted that I'm an uncle because I was at this celebration yesterday and I was talking to these high school kids and... I'm like, holy shit, I'm old. <laughs> I was 20 years old when some of these guys were not even born. And that's when it really hits me. I'm like, I was really well into my life before you were even in, brought into existence. So this is an uncle podcast. So if you have you could uncle have gone friends, to their dad's bachelor party. So yeah, <laughs> we're getting to that point, man. It's so odd. Aging is a weird concept, but it is what it is. Uh, yeah, by all means, help promote us. We appreciate everyone who shares and comments. Uh, and yes that is all from us all right 